It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to another Victory Monday episode of the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell, and away we go as the Washington football team gets it done again. They have won four in a row, three in a row on the road, and are in first place in the NFC East all by them. How do you like them apples for a mid-December Monday? Huh? All right, we're brought to you by our good friends at Pepsi. That's right. You know the drill by now. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, maybe a little bit of both, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. I watched from home on Sunday. I'll be at FedEx Field this Sunday, knocking down cans of Diet Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content from our friends at Pepsi. Good to have you with us as the Washington football team gets the job done on the road. 23 to 15 over the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. It was not pretty. So there's a lot to unpack in this game. Most of it good, some of it bad, some of it concerning, some of it worrisome. Go through it all. First, we want to make sure you guys know, A, the final score, 23-15, in case you weren't paying attention, closely paying attention, you didn't see the game, whatever, um, you forget. Uh, look, San Francisco is a good team still. Just because they're now 5-8 and eight and 5-7 and seven coming in, and just because Washington beat them by 8 points, does not mean they're not a good team. First of all, they've had massive injury across the board, which, again, some teams have year in, year out. Washington has had that problem. As we all know, Philadelphia's had that problem. Lots of teams have that problem, okay? It is, an, it is a reason. It's not an excuse. When you're missing Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, they traded DeForest Buckner because they were up against the cap and they needed to create some room. Uh, when you're missing... Um, uh, George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo, and you just have all these different other injuries that have worked their way into the fold. Then you lose Debo Samuel on the first play of the game. Then you lose Fred Werner, uh, one your top linebacker. Um, in the, I believe it was third 
quarter, if memory serves me correctly. It was late third quarter, early fourth. I can't remember exactly uh, when. You know, that's all the reason, right? It's not an excuse, but it's a reason why all of a sudden you're not going back to the conference championship game and winning that, why all of a sudden you're not going to be up, you know, with nine minutes left to go in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's very unlikely at this point that the 49ers make the playoffs, but certainly nothing can be ruled out. But this was a huge win for Washington because if, if, if they would have lost this, even though they could have been in a multi-time, multi-team tiebreaker in which head-to-head advantage was at least partially mitigated, you couldn't afford to A, lose the game and B, 5-8. and eight. And also, in case it wasn't a multi-team tiebreaker, in case it was a two-team tiebreaker, you would have lost to San Francisco, you would have lost to Dallas, you would have lost, uh, I'm sorry, to Detroit, you would have lost to Arizona, uh, and one other team who I'm forgetting about at this point. Um, oh, uh, yeah, Detroit, Arizona, San Francisco, if you would have lost, you get my point. With the Giants losing on Sunday to Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals at MetLife Stadium, and we realize home field advantage is not what it once was and what it is, but 26-7, to a lopsided loss in which, you know, Kyler Murray was fine, 24-35, 244, a touchdown, no picks. Um, he got hurt at one point in the game, stayed in the game, um, ran for 47 yards, didn't really light it up in any way, but didn't make those killer mistakes that sometimes he makes. Instead, it was Daniel Jones, who went 11 for 21, a buck 27, had a, uh, oh, and by the way, Kyler Murray did not convert on a fourth and goal, so it could have really been worse. I mean, it could have been in the 30s. Um, Daniel Jones had three fumbles. Only one was lost. He recovered one. I, I mean, you know, again, just because he didn't throw any interceptions doesn't mean that he had a good game or a turnover-free game. Again, he lost one, he recovered one of his own, and uh, another one was recovered by Andrew Thomas. So the Giants lose 26-7. to So they are 5-8. and Washington moves to 6-7, and obviously, again, if the Giants were to tie up Washington at the end of the season, however that happens, then the Giants are going to have the head-to-head tiebreaker in, in the division. So it's obviously very, 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 very important as to why Washington stays ahead of New York record-wise. Because any tied record, they're going to lose a tiebreaker. But Daniel Jones was not good on Sunday. Quite honestly, neither was Nick Mullins. Neither was... Alex Smith, neither was Dwayne Haskins. I mean, it was just a tough day for quarterbacks uh, in these couple of games. And maybe that's why the NFC East is what the NFC East is, where a six and seven team has sole advantage of first place. Oh, by the way, Philadelphia, Philadelphia beat New Orleans 24-21. Jalen Hurts with the start. 17 of 30, only a buck 67 and a touchdown, but he ran for 106 yards on 18 carries. So that's good production out of the rook there uh, for Carson Wentz. Uh, everybody kind of assumed Jalen Hurts was going to start that game against New Orleans. They win 24-21. Philadelphia 4-8-1 now. Uh, still got a ways to go to close the door, but remember the Washington football team and Philadelphia play 
on the final day of the season. All right, so let's get back into our game uh, because we got a lot to get through and I don't want to shortchange uh, really any of it. Any of it. So Washington wins 23-15. Maybe the final score not kind of indicative of the game, but San Francisco did have a chance late in this game to obviously win it or to, I shouldn't say to win it, to at least tie it up with a two touchdown and a two-point conversion. But it was really the defense, as we know, that won this game for the Washington football team. Uh, by now, you probably know Chase Young, 47-yard fumble return for a touchdown. That was off of a play that Deron Payne made, forced fumble. He got officially credit for it. John Bostick was there. Uh, I'm still not sure whether Bostick actually got a hand in there or not, but he was right there at the point of contact. Chase Young scooped, scored, said he was kind of out of gas running initially and then picked up steam. We got to talk to his mom briefly uh, post-game in the Zoom video conference because Chase was on the phone uh, with his mom as he went up to the podium. That was one touchdown. Cameron Curl, a 76-yard interception return for a touchdown. So two rookies scoring two touchdowns, 14 points, and oh, by the way, the touchdown that Curl scored was set up, or at least aided, by another rookie, James Smith-Williams, with the lead block all the way downfield. Now, Cameron Curl, according to Washington Football Public Relations, became the eighth rookie in franchise history to register an interception return for a touchdown, first since David Amerson in 2013. Chase Young recovered, uh, recorded a sack, two passes defended, one forced fumble, uh, the pa one of the passes defended, he absolutely swallowed up on a third down. A forced fumble, a fumble recovery, and a fumble return for a touchdown. He's the first rookie in NFL history and the third player overall to achieve that feat since stats were first recorded in 1999. I didn't realize that... Uh, they didn't do this before 1999, but whatever. How about that? So there's a couple of nuggets for you from this rookie class, right? I mean, it's just incredible. You know, and then, you know, again, the kind of tying this theme together of the defense winning this game and scoring, the two touchdowns, fumble return and the interception return. I mean, if you had Washington in your fantasy team, you're just going bonkers. The ninth time in franchise history that Washington has recorded two scores on an interception and a fumble in a single game. The first time since 1997. 1997. I was 24 years old. <laughs> I'm now 47. It's a long time ago. Long time ago. So that's pretty cool, right? So some accolades there that Washington picks up and pulls together. And again, 14 of their 23 points coming directly off of defensive turnovers. The Camp Curl interception was a thing of beauty. He just jumped it. Um, and it was a bad throw by Nick Mullins right at the end of the third quarter. We'll get into more of that uh, as we go along. But what this also means is when you score 14 of your 23 points on defense... It also means that the offense struggled, as we know. Alex Smith, 8 of 19, 57 passing yards, a bad interception. Uh, and he, and by Jason Verrett, 
and he was uh, injured in the game. Towards the end of the first half, he kind of twisted his leg awkwardly, his surgically repaired leg, and everybody's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What happened? Because remember the bloody sock and the cleat from last Monday night, but that was in the other leg. What's going on here? What's going on here? They're looking at the surgically repaired leg. They've got it uncovered. Oh my God. What it turns out to be a muscular thing, uh, a calf strain basically is what they're calling it. Uh, and ultimately Ron Rivera said after the game that he could have gone back in, but it was just precautionary held out abundance of caution, that type of thing, uh, which makes sense, right? Um, and you want to make sure, I mean, look, they pulled earlier this year, Chase Young, they pulled him out. They didn't want it to get worse. You know, they they kept Kyle Allen out in week five against the Rams when, ironically, Alex Smith goes in, right? A lot of people had a problem. That's what they, they're trying to make sure an injury, kept Antonio Gibson out last Monday. You're trying to make sure a smallish injury or an injury that might be a week loss doesn't turn into six or seven or eight weeks, that type of thing. I mean, it's a, it's a hard thing to know and it's a hard thing to balance, but yet they pulled it off. They won a football game without Antonio Gibson, without Alex Smith for the second half and the very last play of the first half, and with Alex Smith again having a 27-7 rating. Again, 8 of 19, 57 yards. You know who was worse? is the guy that replaced him, Dwayne Haskins. Now, listen, it's it's unfair. He's obviously not getting first-team reps. He hasn't played since the end of week four. Uh, it appears that he was more humble, more mature, less defiant at the podium. After the game, 7 of 12, 51 yards, 68.4 rating. Made one really nice throw to Logan Thomas uh, in a tightish window. Um Made one or two other fine throws, one to the flat to J.D. McKissick, uh, and I can't remember exactly where the other one goes. He was high and behind, wide open, Terry McLaurin over the middle. He was beating himself up, and he should have uh, after the game. I mean, Terry couldn't be any more wide open. Um, Look, Robert... Robert, I always want to call him Robert Griffin. Uh, there's so many similarities in so many ways. Dwayne Haskins... Dwayne Haskins, he's not a starting quarterback right now. I think we all know that. And there's a reason why Ron benched him. However, the sense that I have, again, is that he was a much more humbled after this game. Uh, he was talking about his teammates and how happy he was for how his teammates bought in and 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 covered his back and played well and the defense and, and all of that. I mean, he genuinely seems happy on the sidelines and enthusiastic and going after guys and celebrating and all that stuff. And again, in the post-game media session, he started breaking down. He started crying. He's, you know, like as he was, as he was kind of getting through it. So good for Dwayne. I mean, I'm not going to be, he, I, listen, I have a job to do. Uh, he didn't play well. Um, he, he didn't turn the ball over. He got sacked a couple of times. Uh, he wasn't great by any means. He wasn't terrible. Um, he wasn't good. But the bottom line is, is I guess you could do worse than that. And he kept his team alive, at least. And while they didn't really move the football uh, all that much, you know, th the best thing you can say about Dwayne is he didn't make the killer, killer, killer 
mistake. So Washington wins this game 23-15 to at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona. When we return, we will come back and get you more details on the football contest because we're a little bit long here uh, and we were bouncing all over the place. But this is obviously a win that is far from pretty, but it gets you into first place, and now you control your own destiny with Russell Wilson and the Seahawks coming to FedEx Field this Sunday game. We will, of course be at and covering more coverage throughout the week right here on the locked on washington football team podcast on this victory monday good to have you with us this is david harrison of the locked on commanders podcast and this episode is brought to you by discover looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 u.s based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, I'm Chris Russell. We're back with you on Victory Monday. So let's go through uh, the rest of the big plays and big moments uh, from the game uh, right here. Let me get you this. Um, Washington had to punt eight times, eight times, and Tressway averaged nearly 50 yards Uh, a punt. Once again, they did not score on their opening drive, a three-play, six-yard drive. Usually, they're a little bit more productive in terms of yardage on that. Three and out. Bing, bang, boom. It's now 12 games in which they have not scored on the opening possession. Uh, They are 12 for 12 in that regard. Perfect season so far. Uh, But uh, actually, I'm sorry, 13 for 13. 13 for 13. My bad. Um, because now they play 13 games. Uh, I was looking at the old record. Sorry about that. Then they missed a field goal on the second series of the game. They got 25 yards, a couple of first downs, eight plays. Eh, nothing special. Nothing special. But they get all the way to the 35-yard line, and they have to kick a long 52-yard field goal and Dustin Hopkins misses so that's three lost points there then it goes punt punt field goal field goal in which they get two field goals and six points on 47 yards 47 gross yards not even net yards on 13 plays so you know they are struggling to move the football and why because they didn't convert on third downs because they also didn't move the football through the air and a perfect example of that again is the interception to verrett second to last drive of the second half you think "Ah, you know they're starting to move the football a little bit boom midfield interception and it almost cost them um then the one kneel down at the half, then Dwayne Haskins comes in in the second half in the third quarter, and they only have two drives because one of the drives is an 11-play, 72-yard drive. Very well managed. They picked up four first downs. They had to settle for a field goal because eh, they weren't great in the red zone. They were all over the place, and they were a little erratic. But hey, to get the points there makes it, you know, Again, three points there is the difference between San Francisco on that final drive of the game needing a touchdown to win or needing a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie. Now, after that, and in the fourth quarter, it was just punt, 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 punt. Uh, Four punts, four series. In the fourth quarter, the Washington football team's offense generated, generated negative three yards. 
They had negative two yards on one drive, nothing on another, nine on another three, three and out. So that brings us to seven and then minus 10 on another three play drive. Um, and actually check that out. Uh, it, it was actually minus 15 as a net because of a five yard penalty. So in reality, in, in reality, it was negative two, zero, nine. So that brings us to seven minus 15 in terms of net. So they had negative eight yards in the fourth quarter net yards, and they still won a football game 23 to 15. Um, the defense, obviously, again, the star of the show. One thing that we need to point out from the offense, Terry McLaurin goes over 1,000 yards. He had six targets, two catches, 24 yards, both of those catches coming on the same drive. It was right after I tweeted, hey, you know what? Uh, it's a little bit of a concern because last year or last Monday in Pittsburgh, he had six targets, two catches, 14 yards. Here he winds up with six targets, two catches, 24 yards. So in the last two games, Terry McLaurin has 12 targets, four catches, and 38 yards is what it is. I believe I have that right. Maybe it's 39, whatever. You get the point. Not not a lot of big production. So that's two wins, though, in six days, five and a half days, without a lot from Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas was targeted seven times, got you six catches, 43 yards, not as good as he was last Monday night, but still a pretty productive day for Logan Thomas had that one bullet throw uh, from Dwayne Haskins. J.D. McKissick was only targeted four times in the passing game because he had to run ball more. Two catches, 18 yards, 11 carries, 68 yards. Peyton Barber, 12 carries, 37 yards, long of nine. Those were back-to-back plays. I think they had a 17-yard run by McKissick and a nine-yard run uh, by Barber on back-to-back plays, and then they just went away from the run. Um, Isaiah Wright, one catch, nine yards, one target. Cam Sims, two targets, one catch, eight yards. Steven Sims, three targets, one catch, five yards. Dropped one that should have been caught probably by Uh, from Dwayne Haskins, that probably hurt Haskins more than it hurt Sims. Peyton Barber, three targets, two catches, one yard. Robert Foster kind of came up short on a bomb from Alex Smith, two targets, no catches. Um, So, you know, there's a bunch that goes into this where you look at the lack of a productive offense and you say, well, okay, they ran the ball for the tune of 98 rushing net yards. They passed the ball for 95 net passing yards. Now, that takes into account sacks. But if you look at the raw numbers, the gross passing yards, it's 108. You know, that's just 10 more than the net rushing. You know, so as a net-net, it's 98 to 95 rushing net over passing net. You don't win many games when you have that unless you're way, 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 way dominant in the rushing game. You know, like North Carolina was against Miami on Saturday in college football. And if you can get into the 200s on the run game, that, sometimes you see that. Sometimes you see that. Uh, but Washington, again, gets the job done because of their defense, because of Hopkins making three of four, 51, 31, and 21. Um, because Dwayne Haskins did not turn the ball over, even though he wasn't effective, Alex Smith's one turnover, 
Uh, I think they held San Francisco, if memory serves me correct, to a field goal in that spot. And this is how you win. And it helps that San Francisco had some injuries, right? They lost Jeff Wilson. Uh, they lost um, their best linebacker, Fred Warner. Um, so, you know, they had some things that they were dealing with in addition to everybody else that they were missing. All right, we come back and we wrap up the show right here on the Locked On a Washington football team podcast right here on a victory Monday, four in a row, three in a row on the road. The Washington football team heading home to take on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday at FedEx Field. All right, guys, I'm Chris Russell for our friends at Built Bar. That's right. If you can believe it, they are more delicious than ever. That's right. Delicious sir. I think they say delicious er. Uh, I'll say delicious er. Uh, six new flavors, as you know caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. Apple, almond, crisp, just some of the new flavors. 12 original flavors. If raspberries, uh, the cut of your jib, whatever, peanut butter. Oh, so good. Mint brownie had one of those the other day uh, on my way to the Inova Sports Performance Center. So I didn't eat bad peanut butter brownie. Still my favorite. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Nut and non-nut flavors. And the best part, guys, they are healthy. Low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber. Great for keto or any kind of diet. Built Bar is where you want to be. You can get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. So get in now. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, so we come back and we put the icing on the cake here uh, for a Washington football team win. Coming up on the next episode, you'll hear from Ron Rivera. You'll hear from some of the players who just don't have the time with the game to go through. And I was bouncing all over the place because we had to pay attention, obviously, what happened with the Giants and what happened uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles a little bit and how that all affects the Washington football team. By the way, Seattle, which comes to FedEx Field uh, now this Sunday, they hammered hammered the New York Jets. You ready for this one? <laughs> 40 to 3. That's called a get right game after losing to the Giants last week. So Seattle comes into FedEx field feeling froggy again at 9 and 4 off of a 40 to 3 win. I did see DK Metcalf got a little bit banged up in that game. Not sure of his status. Uh, as we record this overnight. So the bottom line is, is Washington still has a lot of work to do. They've won four in a row. They will have, I'm sure, you know, 
some rest here. They'll get back to work on Wednesday. They'll likely be in the bubble all week because it's supposed to snow and snow a pretty good amount in the Northern Virginia area on Wednesday. So they'll probably be inside, which means we probably won't be able to be at practice. But hey, they're six and seven. They're in first place by themselves. They've won four in a row, three in a row on the road. Now is not the time to drop the guard. Russell Wilson and the Seahawks again coming in to FedEx Field. He had four touchdown passes in that lopsided win. Seattle's defense is very, 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 very spotty despite the three points allowed to the Jets. The Jets stink. We all know that. They're 0-13 and just a complete disaster. So that's next. We will keep you in tune throughout the week. You will again hear from Ron Rivera. You will hear uh, from Chase Young. You will hear from Cam Curl. You will hear uh, from Deron Payne. Uh, All of that to come over the next couple of episodes right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. But for now, enjoy a victory Monday. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors, Built Bar, Pepsi. And thanks to you for listening and downloading. The numbers were really good last week. Hey, it helps to be covering finally a winning team. That's it for now. Victory Monday. Enjoy it. Adios on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.